the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you know that Christianity was uh, illegal in the first few centuries in the Roman Empire. It was illegal to be a Christian. But still, despite that fact, Christianity grew very, very rapidly, very rapidly. And the Roman Empire thought that if it made it illegal, if it persecuted Christians, if it uh, killed people off, it would teach them a lesson not to be converting to Christianity. And yet the more they persecuted the, the Christians, the more people were martyred, the more quickly the Roman Empire became Christian. And that happened in the first 300 years until it was finally legalized with the Edict of Milan in uh, 313 AD by Constantine. It was legalized, and then 100 years later, the Roman Empire fell. It collapsed. It was conquered by the Gothic tribes that were surrounding it, barbar bar barbarians. And so a lot of Romans, pagans, non-Christians, they were really upset by this, and they said the Roman Empire survived for 800 years, and then it became Christian, and then it collapsed. Because Christianity is weak. Because Christianity says mercy and pity and forgiveness. Because Christianity says go beyond justice and beyond what's fair and be like Jesus. Jesus said, if someone slaps you on one cheek, give him the other one as well. Jesus, when he was falsely accused, remained silent, did not answer back, did not defend himself. Jesus allowed himself to take the pain and the suffering unjustly upon himself for the good of everybody else. Jesus took the punishment out of love for us who deserve the punishment. And so the Romans said, this is weak. And in one sense, it's true. You, you, don't, you don't conquer empires. You don't keep an empire. You don't keep out uh, barbarians and soldiers and all these tough guys. You don't keep these people out by saying, oh, it's okay, they're pit of, they're, you know, you gotta pity them, you gotta be merciful, and you gotta be all these things. That, that's not how you defend a country. But that's not why the Roman Empire fell. Uh, St. Augustine wrote the city of, this book, The City of God, in response to this charge against Christians. And he said, no, the, the Roman Empire didn't fall because Christianity is weak or it weakened the empire. He said, it's because you Romans, you guys became fat. It's because you guys became lazy. You got too comfortable. You've been an empire for 800 years. You're used to it now. You're comfortable where you're at. You're no longer challenging yourselves, and you grew fat. Now you're just pleasuring yourselves in food and in entertainments and in all these things. You're no longer disciplined enough to be able to defend your country. That's why it fell. There were others, the Gothic barbarians, surrounding the Roman Empire, waiting for the Romans to become weak enough that they can conquer them because the Gothics were hungry, they were challenged, they were disciplined, they weren't fat, they weren't lazy, they didn't just give in to all their pleasures, they meant business. And when the Romans got weak, that's when the Goths came in and they conquered them. Why am I saying all this? Only in a culture like ours, and the Roman culture back then, despises self-sacrifice, 
despises self-sacrifice. And in despising self-sacrifice, like all, our culture does today, it also despises the values of Christianity and the values of motherhood. It, it rejects Christianity and it rejects the very nature of what it means to be mother. In the Gospel reading today, this is in the Last Supper, Jesus is uh, talking to his disciples, he's saying a lot of things in the Last Supper, and then he ends off, before they take off, he ends off with his prayer. And the prayer, if I just summarize it really quick, Jesus is saying, now, Father, glorify your Son, that, that your Son may glorify you. That means, now give me the opportunity for me to give myself and to glorify you. He's speaking about dying for God in, on the cross and for the salvation of man. That's Jesus' glory. And he prays earnestly to the Father for the apostles and all of his disciples. He's praying to the Father for those that he knows are about to abandon him in just a couple hours when he's arrested at the most critical time in his life. At the moment that he needs friends the most, it is that moment that they abandon him. They run away like cowards. And he knows that they're going to do that. He says that to them. He says, you will all fall away to me. Uh, you will all fall away because of me this night. And St. Peter says, I will never fall away. And even if they all fall away, I will never, and so on and so forth. Jesus prays for them. Jesus offers himself to God for them. Jesus gives himself over so that they're not punished for their sins. Jesus takes the punishment of their sins upon himself because he loves them, because he has this sense of belonging to them. He says to God the Father in the prayer, they were yours and you gave them to me. So there's a sense of belonging that Jesus has with his disciples. And because of that, he loves them. And no matter what they do to him, he loves them. And he will accept whatever they do to him so that he can have them. So that he doesn't let them go. St. Paul says in the epistle reading from today's liturgy, St. Paul to the Ephesians says, God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. What does that mean? He says it in another place when he says, while we were his enemies, God sent his son to die for us. This is the value of Christianity. This is the great virtue of Christianity. It's what we uphold. Mercy and forgiveness, pity and compassion, patience and love, even in the face of an injustice done to ourselves. That's the model that Jesus has given us. That's the model that later on the apostles all gave to us. It is the whole idea of the New Testament, and it is what the Romans said, this is what made Christianity, this is what made the Roman Empire weak. But no, Christianity civilized the world. Christianity humanized the world. It took the violence and the atrocity of the, which, which the Roman Empire was. They invented crucifixion just for the sake of inflicting pain on human beings. That's a Roman Empire thing. It took that violence. It took that uh, barbari barbarism. It took that tribalism and just nasty, violent kind of uh, uh, character from the Roman Empire, and it tamed it. Christianity tamed the Roman Empire. 
It took a violent thing and it shaped it into a human being. But it didn't accept the Roman Empire's getting fat and just pleasuring itself, the people pleasuring themselves, going unchallenged and undisciplined and just giving in to all of their sensations and all, all of their passions like animals. It didn't accept that. St. Augustine wrote against that. He said, no, it's, you got, the, the Roman Empire fell because you guys got weak. You guys weakened yourselves by pleasure, by comfort, by luxury, by all the stuff that you've had for all these 800 years. Now you let go of the gas pedal. Christianity doesn't accept that. Christianity says, no, we don't accept this weakness. You have to discipline yourself. You have to act like a human person. You have to challenge yourself. You can't just give in to all of your pleasures. You can't just live in entertainments all the time. You can't do that. You have to be a human being. You have dignity as a human being, and you have to be better than this. So Christianity tames the violent, and it elevates the weak. That's why it's rejected by the world, then and now. And it'll always be rejected by the world. It has to be rejected by the world. It is the nature of our faith to be rejected. It's what Jesus said. But somehow motherhood is also rejected with it. Just like it. You know why? Because motherhood, in the nature of motherhood, it is quite, quite similar to our faith. In the nature of motherhood, self-sacrifice reigns supreme. Doesn't it sound like a mother to take the punishment for her son or her daughter? Even often without thinking? I'm thinking about the story I was told recently about, it's a really pretty story, really nice. Uh, this mother and her daughter, they were on the road and the daughter was driving. And she was young, you know, maybe 18, 19, something like that. And she got into a little car accident and it was her fault. And the mother freaked out, but the, thing, the first thing that she did was she had, she had her daughter get out of the car and then they just switched drivers and passenger seats so that the mom would take the blame. That's what she did instinctively. That is a good example of what a mother is. That is a good example of self-sacrifice. That is a good example of Christianity lived out in the model of Jesus Christ who did exactly the same for us. Our culture, brothers and sisters, tells us to create meaning for ourselves. It tells us self-expression. You tell the world who and what you are. You determine for yourself everything about your life. You make yourself happy by accumulating as much wealth as you can, by finding as much entertainment as possible and indulging yourself in it, by getting for yourself all kinds of pleasures that will just keep you high on the drugs that the world offers. Not our Lord. Jesus did not find the meaning of life in all of the things that our culture today tells us to. Jesus says in the prayer today, I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work which you gave me to do. Jesus finds the meaning of his life in the duty the vocation, the, me, the, the, uh, the work that the Father has bestowed on Jesus. Jesus receives his meaning from God. 
Same thing with our mothers. Their lives are shaped, determined by their husband and their children. It is their families that determines every aspect of what they do, that moves them to do the things that they do. They're not ch the children of the culture today. It is said nicely, you know, just like Christianity has civilized the world, so uh, do mothers take a house and they turn it into a home. It is by their great sensitivity and the great self-sacrifice that is within their nature that brings the feeling of, of uh, human character into what would otherwise be just a cold space where people live. I learned this fact recently. Uh, this is actually kind of biological. Apparently, I had not known this until recently, apparently women are designed by God to have these microscopic fibers in their ears that men don't have. And these fibers allow women to hear not just sounds, not just the language that's being spoken to them, but even the emotion in the language that's being, that, that the person is speaking to them. Men don't have no idea. We, we don't have this at all. This is the most frightening thing I've heard in like a decade. <laughs> but that is an, a, a testament to the fact that it is biological, that, that God has given women this ability to, to uh, bring a sensitivity into a place, warmness into a place, humanize a place that otherwise would probably remain just cold, like our faith has done for the entire world. So brothers and sisters, our Lord has begun all this. Our Lord has, has offered himself to God on our behalf. He has taken the punishment for our sins upon himself because we belong to him. And let us thank him and thank God and thank our mother Mary for all the mothers that we have here and everywhere uh, for imitating that and emulating that great virtue of self-sacrifice which civilizes the lives of all of us. Mothers, you are valued, you are loved, and we thank you for all the self-sacrifice that you have uh, done for us and for uh, shaping society according to the way of our faith. Amen.